everyone. Thanks for listening to the Arizona State Parks and Trails podcast. On Monday, we published an episode that's a tribute to the Granite Mountain hotshots who lost their lives fighting the Yarnell Hill Fire 10 years ago on June 30th, 2013. We asked some of the members of the community and some family members of the hotshot crew to share with us for that episode and help us remember their story. Our team member, Ken Sliwa, he goes by the nickname Gecko, worked closely with these folks in building the Granite Mountain Hotshots Memorial State Park in 2016. He's known these guests for years and spoke with them at length, and they shared so much wonderful information that we wanted to release the full interviews with each of them following our tribute episode. With that, here's the second of our three guests, Lou Theakis, the grandfather of Hotshot Garrett Supiker, in his conversation with our team member, Gecko. Let me introduce you. Um, speaking this morning with Lou Theokas, he's the public relations officer for People's Valley. He was a former wildland firefighter and uh, lives in the uh, area and also the grandfather of Garrett Zuppiger, the uh, Granite Mountain Interagency Hotshot crew member, one of the 19 that we lost on June 30th of 2013. Um, Lou has a unique perspective to uh, a lot of the the events over the last 10 years and was also instrumental in helping to create a a local park in Yarnell to help uh, tell the story of of what happened to the town and tell the story of the, the, uh, the areas that they saved, the guys, the work that was done and to kind of give back and to help complete the story of all the events that took place because several communities were involved in the Yarnell fire and lots of people uh, joined in and helped obviously from all over uh, at the time, but uh, living in that area at the time and being connected to the families uh, gives Lou a unique perspective. So I thank him for taking some time to speak with us. Lou, good morning. Good morning, Ken. How are you? I'm great, thank you. You spoke. Um, you've spoke to me before, and I've known you for a few years now. And I got to help you uh, with some of the construction at one of the parks, and uh, it was an honor and a privilege to uh, to be involved. Those blocks were heavy. Those blocks were awfully heavy. <laughs> they were heavy. We uh, we helped build some stairs and move some dirt, and and uh, yeah. it was it was a labor of love, as you've said before, and as most people say um, that have been involved with helping in different aspects of uh, supporting the memory of the Granite Mountain Hotshots. So uh, are you in People's Valley now too, right now? Yeah, I'm in, yeah, right now. I'm and then that's the, the, uh, the, the, where you're working with or helping them, that's the People's Valley Fire Department, the PIO? I'm, uh, I'm, a, I'm the public relations officer for People's Valley. I'm a little too old to be the guy dragging the hose and driving ah, yeah. the big truck. You know, I, I totally but, uh, understand. The experience, but the experiences that I've had and the skills that I've attained, uh, I still try and put to use if I can. And uh, we have a, a younger fire department now, and we have a wildland division, oh, which good. has been uh, called to these fires all over the state and actually out of state uh, because of their expertise and professionalism. 
they have uh, been requested on what, you know, they get called out when there's a fire because uh, whoever's in charge of that fire knows they can count on the crew from People's Valley to do the job, that, you know, meet their expectation, do the job, be professional and have all the equipment in place, et cetera, et cetera. So um, uh, I'm, we're really proud of that part of our fire department. But again, I'm the guy who goes to functions and meet people and talk to them about saving their property in the event of a fire. You know, I'll exactly. explain to it. You know, you see the scene after a fire and there'll be a house standing and there's ashes all around it. And you wonder, how did that happen? You know, and that's what uh, my job is explaining how your property can be one of those properties. If you were to talk to people uh, who survived the fire, whose home survived the fire, you know, the tree in their front yard got burnt to the ground or half of it is completely singed. And yet the house wasn't touched. And, um, you know, whether that's a miracle or planning or what, you know, we, we want to see more of that. Our goal in this department and my goal as a member of this department, my function is to try and create more of those homes. You know, people lost so much. It's 127 homes. It's heartbreaking, you know, and, uh, if we can prevent that from save a few more homes and a few more families, uh, you know, stuff, then uh, I'm doing my job. Absolutely. So you're teaching people about um, WUI, the um, the uh, wildland yeah. urban interface. Wildland urban interface. Yeah. yeah, and it's all about defensible space and having making good decisions when you live in these areas that that bridge this uh, this geographical area where you might have potential fire dangers. We have uh, an individual who uh, lives in a little community called Buckhorn Loop, and they have become one of the firewise communities. Oh, nice! Yeah, which is a, which is a uh, what's the word I'm looking for? It's a uh, certification that the people in this community have worked together to protect their properties and um, meet certain standards of you know mitigation. Uh, and there's a sign when you pull into when you go into that neighborhood. This is a firewise community. That's a big deal, you know. That's a big deal, and we're trying to expand that program here in People's Valley. No, it's very obviously responsible, and people love their landscaping, and they, you know, they have pride in their property. But you also have to be, you know, sensible if you're living in in certain parts of the the state or or anywhere in the world. But um, what do you, what do you? Um, I think you had shared some some thoughts about kind of the background of of what Garrett and kind of his motivation for for working with the Hot Shots and kind of his perspective. Can you share that with us? Well, he he was a. I'm sure a lot of people say this um, about their family, uh, grandchildren in particular. But he was a wonderful person. He was a great kid. He was a great young man, and I was. Uh, Always glad to see him and always proud of him. Uh, he wanted to do something to give back. And he had thought of joining the military, but his vision of what the military was like was a bit distorted. And I had to kind of like clue him in that maybe you're not going to be the guy smoking a cigar and driving the Coast Guard boat. Um, but uh, so he opted to uh, uh, firefighting and looked into Granite Mountain Hotshots and went to the fire school which they hold at Embry-Riddle every spring. And uh, the prize for the number one student uh, at that school is a brand new pair of $400 wildland boots. And before he was to that school, he told me, Grandpa, I'm going to win those boots. 
and he did. You know, he wanted whatever he did, he wanted to do to the best of his ability. He threw his himself into it a hundred percent. And that's uh, what he, that's how he was with uh, the uh, Granite Mountain Hotshots. I remember um, that uh, he was, his first year on this crew, they made him a sawyer, you know, managing a saw. And um, there's a lot of responsibility uh, that went with that. You know, you got to be careful when you're cutting. Down. But that was the kind of person he was. He had, he had uh, I'm sure he had, would have had a wonderful career ahead of him. Um, if I could just tell you a quick story about the kind of kid he was. Yes. Um, he came over for Easter dinner with his uh, then girlfriend. And I had a truckload of gravel rock uh, sitting uh, by a ditch. And he said, Grandpa, what's that rock doing in the truck? I said, well, I got to fill the ditch in. Don't worry about it. He said, you want me to take care of it? And I said, no, no, just relax. It's Sunday. We're going to have dinner in a little while. And he disappeared for about 15 minutes. And he came back and he said, I put that gravel. I emptied your truck. And I said, Garrett, you didn't have to do that. And he said, well, I couldn't bear the thought of you taking two hours what I could do in 15 minutes. <laughs> that was Garrett. My grandson, Garrett, would always say goodbye on a phone conversation with, I love you. I love you, Grandpa. And if you didn't say I love you back, <laughs> he wasn't going to hang up. Leave <laughs> you hanging. Yeah, you know, and I've taken that to heart, you know, to let people know that are close to my heart. But I do love them. And if it's every day, it's every day because uh, there's one day is going to be when that uh, will be gone. You won't get the chance to tell them. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, all of the guys obviously have uh, stories about, you know, yeah. like you said, how wonderful um, brother, son, father, uncle that they were to their families. Uh, yeah. So it's no, no mistake that they all came together. No, no. As I said, um, if you go to the Pioneer Cemetery and look at the plaques, you'll see a lot of the same words, loyal, friendly, loving, caring, helpful. Uh, you know, you'll see a lot of the same words on the plaques describe these young men. You know, they were as a, they were all cut from the same cloth, as it were. And, you know? and how did how did Garrett feel about the uh, the work that they had to do as far as like the training, the hiking, the the runs and, and living outside for weeks at a time and just those conditions? He embraced it. He he enjoyed it. Again, um, whatever is he did, he did 100%. And, um, I, you know, he would be the one who would say, let's race up the hill. Let's have a race up the hill. Here's the condition. You got to carry somebody on your back. <laughs> you know, um, uh, you know, let's go fishing uh, and let's see who catches the biggest fish. And making uh, um, an adventure out of everything that he did was nice. uh, part of his makeup, you know? Yeah, I know the guys had a lot of um, competition between them about, you know, crazy things they would have to eat or just, you know, contests to uh, to show their, their metal when they were out there on their jobs together. And I think that obviously helped, you know, build that teamwork and bring them closer together. And uh, which is, is yeah. part of what we, how we memorialize them now at the, at the uh, deployment or fatality site is those Gabion baskets with the chains was ideally designed to help illustrate that these guys were together in life, together forever, that they were always a team and that they, you know, kind of all believed in the same thing and, and were, were very dedicated and uh, can be remembered that way. So, well, um, yeah, they, you know, being on the fire department, I've uh, had to um, call out uh, a few 
uh, helicopters to help somebody get somebody to the hospital really fast. And um, one of the things uh, that's happened on more than one occasion is that uh, we fly him on Monday and I see him at the convenience store on Friday, you know, and that's, that gives you pause. And I'm sure that they had that same experience, you know, like the alligator juniper where they took that pyramid picture. That's, you know, so iconic of their, you know, their camaraderie, um, you know, they would go, I'm sure they go back to that. They would go back to that to say, we, yeah, this, we did this. Yeah, that was cool. That was pretty. Remember, remember, no. and you, you know, there's a picture of Garrett standing with it, what they call a drip torch, which mm-hmm. they use to light a backfire. And behind him is this wall of flame that he's just created. And he said, that, <laughs> don't show this picture to my mother. but yeah those are those are the things that uh as a firefighter you you look back on and uh you know you can go back to and go back on say yeah oh i did this and we did that and you know you can't drive by that park in yarnell without remembering having a deep memory of uh your part in it and i and i'll tell you something else we did have help one of the groups that helped us was the community service team from Yavapai County uh, Corrections. Hmm. And these young people were moved by being a part of that experience. You know, it was, uh, it's, it's building that park uh, was a big deal to a lot of people, but you never know the people that, uh, and I didn't, and I remember going to the park and some young guy coming up to me, remember me? I was, yeah, oh yeah. And I remember you guys, and we were building this, and it was just dirt. I remember we were there for the day, and those are the things that uh, you take with you forever, you know. And these boys, they'll with us forever, you know. There's all of us, uh, every every one of them, you know. That's one of the things too that I mentioned to uh, to Karen, the the parent of Scott Norris, that I didn't have the honor of knowing the guys before this tragedy happened, but in working with the families and the firefighters and the people that were involved in this for the last almost nine years, you know, you've gotten to know them, you've gotten to expand your, your network of friends and you've, you've got these people now that you'll know, you know, for the rest of your life. And they're living through these people in the stories that they tell and the memories that they have. Um, so it's um, all of these different ways that we, you know, we, we respect and honor and celebrate them. Um, I think for me personally, not having that direct connection, but it helps me to, to remember and, and smile and, and, you know, respect and, and honor the work that they did. And um, I know another example of that, the, the folks that built the trails in the state park uh, were from ACE, American Conservation Experience. And it was a group of younger people in their 20s. It was men and women. Uh, that volunteer to work in this organization and they help go around the, the country and they build trails and they clear forests and they do a lot of work. Um, they built the trails for us and afterwards told us it was one of the most memorable, important jobs that they've ever done. They would read the book at night uh, around the fire uh, pit and talk about you know what happened. And they were doing this out of a labor of love themselves, not even having a connection, um, but they loved the work they were doing and they did it all by hand and they they lived on the on the property at the park for weeks at a time while they were doing the work to build the trail so they had a lot of similarities with what the hotshots did they would haul up all their gear they had a lot of 
you know, harsh conditions at the end of those two weeks, they would come down the mountain and it looked like they had just been through hell, but they did it all. You know, they have a smile on their face, just like the hotshots. You know, they had just helped save some area, some homes, some community. And these guys had that same sort of respect and, and experience, I think, um, helping to be involved with this, just like the group you mentioned um, with Yavapai. So I think that's part of what this does, and that's something that will maintain forever. You know, there's there's anniversaries every year, but we always have these things that connect us and find different ways to uh, to introduce new people to the to the memory and to the story and to learn from it. No, that's absolutely true. You know, some many times the efforts we use our muscles and our back and our brawn with uh, is really motivated and. Uh, performed with our hearts you know our hearts are the ones that uh get the job done i mean that was uh there were a lot of times when i, when I went home to uh a leave <laughs> building the park you know bob brendan you know uh, and, uh, and myself uh, was uh you know, i'm gonna go home and it's gonna be two a leave tonight boy um but yep and and uh everybody the trail is such an experience, you know, um, as you climb higher and higher and see each plaque and uh, appreciate the view uh, from there as well, because they had that view. I mean, you can see all the way to Wilhoit, almost all the way to Prescott from where they were. And um, that's, you know, that was part of their experience. You know, you're out in, in the wilderness many times. And uh, I remember Garrett sending pictures back of places that he'd been. And he was a, he did, he took an adventure. He took his truck and traveled all up and down the West coast and sent us uh, uh, emails and, and uh, did a travelogue, you know, a blog while he was doing it. And it was very entertaining, but he appreciated the great outdoors. You know, as they all did, I'm sure you couldn't do this job without appreciating what you're trying to save or where you are, you know? Um, and those people, you know, that built that trail that you mentioned, my gosh, every time they didn't turn the corner, you know, um, there was more to do and more to do. I mean, if you fight the trail, as I have a couple of times, the, you know, there were what we call false peaks. You think you're almost at the top. Right. <laughs> nope. <laughs> There's a little more to go. Uh, yeah. It's a, it's a rugged, uh, it's a rugged hike. And that's one of the other reasons that we built the park in Yarnell, because we know that not everybody can do that. Not everybody is is uh, healthy enough or able to, to make that hike. And we wanted to give them an opportunity to uh, have an experience where they could appreciate what actually happened. Um, if you've ever been to um, Glenwood Springs in Colorado, they had a big fire there on a mountain similar to ours. And in the town, there's a park, which is dedicated to the fire, the 14 firefighters in that case that lost their lives. I think it was 79, uh, 90, I'm not sure when. But uh, one of the things that my wife Marcy and I noticed in that uh, experience and brought back with us was that even though you might not be able to get to the site, you could still have an experience and share that we could, you could share or, uh, with what happened. And that was one of the motivations behind building the park in town. And, and I think that's a, a great, uh, sort of an obvious, but you would think after in forethought, but um, 
the reason that we built the park the way that we did uh, our memorial park is uh, because we had input from the parents, the families, the firefighters, the people that live there in the community. And they didn't just want, you know, a simple plaque somewhere. They wanted people to get that experience. Like you said, the, the hike is very challenging. It's emotional. It's physical. It's educational. We teach people about wildland firefighters in the event. Yeah. Um, and it gives them a unique opportunity um, to really almost walk in their shoes and to experience a little bit of what the hot shots did. I mean, minus carrying, you know, 50 pounds on your back and oxygen and water and all these different things. But um, yeah, I think it, it all of these places, uh, the park in Yarnell, the, the, the Memorial Park there, the the center at the mall in Prescott, the, the, the cemetery, things that go on in Prescott. I think all of that is just going to be a, a forever memorial memory celebratory thing as we continue to move forward. Uh, one other thing that came from this fire, and I know you mentioned uh, you spoke with Ben Palm earlier, um, that after the fire, the town of Yarnell is on a hill, the main part of the town, or the east part of town. It's on a big hill. And what they did was they cut a fire break uh, behind all the properties on that hill. And in 16, we had a fire. And I was one of the first teams, crew members on that fire, as a matter of fact. And we almost had it. And then the wind picked up and we were off to the races. And this was at 2.30 in the afternoon. And by 5 o'clock, we had one of those giant planes dropping slurry over the ten, you know, on this hill. We didn't lose one property. Yes. You know? Because of the lesson learned, one of the lesson learned from the uh, the Yarnell Hill fire, we didn't lose one. A fire was we fought. They fought that fire for three days, and um, it uh, went right by town, right by the town. But nothing, no uh, structures were lost. And there was, I mean, there's a big thoroughbred racing facility, training facility in town here in People's Valley, and that was spared. They managed to, you know, protect that. So. Um, you know, a lesson learned um, came from uh, this heartache that uh, the next time around. I think that's the the symbiotic connection, too, between the firefighters with their skill and knowledge. And they can only do so much. Obviously, they make fire breaks and they they do back burns and they they fight and, and cut down areas and you know do whatever they can to help protect things. But obviously, the people have a responsibility through things like the, the firewise and defensible space to also be responsible and I think, like you said, that it created a lesson for people. You see what what homes were spared based on their conscientious decisions to, you know, be more um, protective of their property. And then um, I think as we move forward, I know the couple of years later, I know Yarnell put on a um, a process to help do fire uh, retention on the other side of the highway from where the fire had happened in, on the Yarnell fire. And then that really helped when they did have a fire there years later on the other side of the mountain because yep. it wasn't able to come down into the town area because they had done so much mitigation and and helped with those burns. Yeah. So yeah. and the, the fire department helped do that. And you know, it was very, very uh smart of them, obviously, and supportive of their community. And so that's the kind of things that the guys did and that will continue to do and hopefully teach people and and they will learn from this. Well, yeah, it's, it was a huge yeah, educational experience. Uh, aside from, I mean, there was that aspect of it. We learned the lesson, and um, it saved the community from more um, heartache uh, three years later. 
But the other thing, and I mentioned this earlier, um, nothing brings people together like tragedy. And this community, Yarnell and People's Valley in particular, and Glen Isla, that bore the brunt of the Yarnell Hill fire, um, has become a much closer knit, uh, tighter, uh, and affectionate community. I mean, I, I go to functions now and I look around the room and I know almost everybody. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of visiting that takes place in those, in those uh, venues and those experiences, like there will be, I'm sure, on the 30th. But uh, uh, that, uh, that made a difference in a lot of people's lives and how they saw their neighbors and how they reacted and uh, intertwined uh, or, you know, commingled with their neighbors or however you want to put it. Um, and that's made us a much stronger community, you know, a better community. Uh, and I'm proud to be a part of that. I feel blessed to be part of that. You know? Absolutely. I, and I, I feel the same way as just having met yourself and Bob and Chuck and all the people that were just got to, uh, to help and be involved with, you know, was a blessing and, uh, doing the work, you know, you wouldn't want to be paid to help do this. It wasn't a chore. It wasn't like, oh man, I have to help, you know, haul dirt again and move rocks again and do whatever. It's just like, this is what we do because it's it's the right thing to do. So, yeah. Well, there was, there was a lot of uh, good humor that went along with that, as well as uh, hard work. You know, um, sometimes you know you look at what's ahead of you, and uh, the expression is, "How do you eat an elephant?" You know, one bite at a time. Yes, that's right. <laughs> Slowly, it's not a race; it's a marathon. Yeah. 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 But, uh, you know, we would 25 pallets of, of block from Yavapai block. Uh, it was a daunting thing to look at. You look at how are we going to, what are we going to, oh, my God, this one, you know. Um, but uh, in the end, we created something that uh, is, um, is, is, is uh, beautiful. It's functional. And it's, um, you know, it's memorable. It is, uh, it, it's it's uh, created a, a space where people can appreciate what occurred, you know, and that picture that, that in the center, that, uh, 20 guys and the pyramid. Yeah. The pyramid, you know, I mean, we, as a committee on the park looked at, you know, trying to think of what can we make the focal point. And, uh, we kept going back to that picture because if you look at the picture, you can see the joy in all their faces of what they have done, you know, and again, it's, there's a picture of them all standing around the tree and standing in the tree. Mm -hmm. and then there's the picture, and we thought of using that, but then there's the picture of the pyramid, which is kind of like a Garrett kind of thing, you know. <laughs> I know, let's make a human pyramid and take that picture, um, you know, whether it was his idea who's ever. But if you look at the picture, everyone's got a big grin on his face. And that was the um, image that we wanted to project to the people who saw the park, that these were boys that were full of life that there was joy and there was camaraderie and there was love uh, that they had. And, uh, you know, you know, it's nice. You got to love those guys that are standing kneeling on top of you. <laughs> to let them do it. Especially, especially the guy on the bottom. Yeah. Yeah. Be the guy at the bottom. It's love. Well, and I think we talked about when we were looking at that in the park, that it's probably the only picture that exists of all 20 of them together because somebody was always taking the picture so they wouldn't be in it or somebody may have been off in another area at the time. And so there's 16 or 18 of them or 
Yeah. So it's it's very unique that it, it was able to capture through some adjustments and adding little, those people. A little photoshopping took place to get the last couple. So of guys. It, it it made a beautiful reminder of something that's one of a kind. You know, in the whole world, it shows these guys you know truly together like that. So we yeah, you, you made a unique uh, place like that. Yeah, so thank you. Thank you for all the, the, the hard work and the the uh, dedication you've had and the work you've done and for, uh, you know, continuing to work with us to remember them. So, Well, thank you, Ken. And I appreciate all the work you do with the uh, state park system. I, I, am, I tell people Arizona, you know, has a nationally award-winning state park system. And my wife and I take advantage of it often, you know. So the work that uh, the park system has done in this state is magnificent and um you know, I mean, the, the the Hotshot Park and the Memorial Park, you know, part of that. And uh, we are grateful. We are deeply grateful that we live here with this wonderful group of people at State Parks. Thank you. We appreciate it. And we're, we're honored and, and happy to be able to work with the communities and, and work, you know, throughout the state with people like yourself in these smaller communities, too, where the parks tend to uh, tend to be and, uh, you know, finding ways to, to connect the community with parks and expand people's appreciation of nature and, and rewarding people like the hotshots that help preserve that, you know, in the most special way as well. So, okay. Well, All thank right. you, sir. I appreciate your, your time. It's been my pleasure, Ken. Thank you.